Hello and welcome. You are listening to an informed take on current events brought to you by law students and staff of Queen's University Belfast. This is LawPod. Hi everyone and welcome to LawPod. Welcome to episode three of our Meet the PhD Researchers mini-series. I'm joined today by Megan Hoyt. Hi Megan. And as in previous episodes, we're just going to learn a little bit about who Megan is and what her topic is and how she's enjoying her PhD experience. So uh, by way of introduction, do you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself and then what your topic is? Sure. Great. Thanks, Rachel. Um, So as you said, my name is Megan and I have just started a PhD here at the School of Law. So I started in October 2019, so early days. Um, And I have lived in Belfast for about 16 years from Canada originally. So I'm really excited to be here to be starting a PhD. And what are you studying? So I'm looking at, my topic is misogyny as a hate crime. So really I'm looking at the intersection between gender and the law and specifically if the criminal justice system can can mm. look to address misogyny. Mm. So I'll also be looking into uh, what misogyny is exactly. It's something that we kind of hear in the news all the time in public discourse, but it's not something that's been really theoretically explored uh, very in depth. And how did you how did you get interested in that? So I suppose my master's um, started me off on this sort of gender and the law, um, an interest in gender and the law. I looked at human rights approaches in my master's to abortion law in Northern Ireland. And I got really interested in feminist legal theory. And so this seemed like a natural like progression from that. And what then, I mean, there's so many ways that you could do work around misogyny and explore misogyny. What was it that drew you to doing PhD research as a way of exploring this? Um, So I suppose... I am. I love being in academia, first of all. I guess I discovered that sort of halfway through a master's. So I did a master's here at Queen's. Um, it was a part-time master's. I was coming back to academic study after quite a while outside of paid employment, caring responsibilities, parent of small children, all those kinds of things. And if you had told me at the beginning of the master's journey that I would be doing a PhD, I would not have believed you. So about halfway through a part-time master's, I started seriously thinking about... Um, continuing in academia. I really enjoyed being in the space, researching things. And um, I think feminist approaches to the law gave me a new way of looking at the law. And it was really exciting. So uh, yeah, so that's what got me on the sort of path to looking at how I could start doing a PhD. And why do you think it's important for us to have a better kind of theoretical understanding of what misogyny is? That's a really good question. Um, I think we we hear things like sexism, misogyny, patriarchy, terms that are used often in public discourse. Um, they are used maybe without a full understanding of of what it means and how these um, how these things function within society to create a sort of structure of oppression. And I think understanding some of these concepts will help make better law potentially. So instead of just kind of plugging misogyny into the existing 
framework of hate crime, if we really start to look at what misogyny is, what it means, um, how it works upon individuals, then we might be able to make better legislation or potentially decide that misogyny maybe doesn't belong within the criminal justice system, that there are better ways to address these societal issues. And you talked about using kind of feminist legal theory. What kind of methodological approaches are you taking in terms of understanding this topic? For me, one of the most exciting methodological methodological aspects of my project is the idea of feminist um, legislating. So the final phase of my research will be to take feminist theory and to try and legislate from a specifically feminist perspective. So this is building on work that um, feminist legal theorists have done um, through something called the Feminist Judgment Project. And it's really taking theory and turning it into practice and seeing if with some of the feminist theories that have been developed in relation to the law, we can create better, different, more imaginative legislation. Mm. So yeah, I'm really excited about that bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know it's really early days, I suppose, but I wonder what you have discovered so far that maybe surprised you or you didn't expect in your research. Um discovered so far. So I've just, so at the moment, the beginning of a PhD, well, it'll come as no surprise as a lot of reading, a lot of research. Um, I suppose that can be a bit daunting because you realize how vast these fields are. So there's feminist legal theory. Um, there's also hate crime as a whole other, you know, field of study. Um, I've discovered a lot of nuance, I suppose, as well. So there's a lot of debates happening within both fields. And the idea of trying to kind of, you know, start to synthesize some of these debates is both exciting and daunting. Um, and then I'm really excited to also start doing actual sort of new research. So going out there and the middle portion of my project is speaking with feminist lobby groups and trying to understand what misogyny misogyny as a hate crime could or should look like from their perspective. So I can't wait to sort of start talking to some of these groups, doing some of these interviews and starting to engage with the theory and with the experience of feminist lobby groups and try and, you know, make my own um, contribution. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about being really excited to be back in academia and enjoying being in this kind of space. Do you think that is the direction that you'll go in or are you drawn, because your work has definitely a practical dimension as well, would you be drawn into the more kind of policy or civil society world or do you feel comfortable here in our academic world? <laughs> um, so I do feel comfortable here and I and I really enjoy it. Um, I would definitely pursue an academic path if, if that comes to fruition. But you're absolutely right. There's policy implications for this. And I would also happily work in an NGO or a policy capacity or something like that. Um, I think that's one of the appeals of my project for me, particularly, is that it is quite versatile. Um, I could go in a couple of different directions, uh, which, I, which is important. I mean, I suppose you start a PhD and you're pretty focused on just that, but you need to consider it in like a broader, you know, how it impacts your life more broadly and where you're going to go with this. So yeah, I can see some, um, I guess my answer is like both. Yeah. <laughs> I would happily stay in academia, um, but I, I could also see um, creating a career outside of academia, you know, informed by this research. Sure. And what advice would you give to someone else that might be considering doing a PhD? Um, so 
first of all, just go for it. You know, it is, I suppose it is daunting potentially, or people might think this isn't maybe where they belong or they don't, yeah, they just don't think it's for them. It was a process for me. I, like I said before, at the beginning of the master's, I would not have seen myself here, not because I didn't think I could do it, but just, I thought maybe that that time had passed for me. Um, you know, I came back to study, was older, um, with caring responsibilities. And I thought, no, this is definitely something for someone who's like 23. They're fresh out of their master's, you know, and, and the whole, um, that whole trajectory of their lives. So I would say just do it. You would be surprised. There's a lot of help out there. Um, don't be afraid um, to approach people for help, which is one of my personal, I tend to hang back and not approach people, but but definitely do. If you have an idea and you think this is something that could be for you, explore it. I think it's been really nice to see, particularly in your cohort, that it's not all people that have just gone undergrad, master's, PhD, although they're there too. And I wondered if you've noticed any kind of differences in experience from having been away and re-entering this space compared to how you see, you know, people that have come straight through going about their PhD world. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating, actually. So my cohort who started with me in um, the, in 2019 in particular is very diverse in terms of um, age, caring responsibilities and um, background. So that's really great. I don't feel like it's just me with a whole bunch of people who have gone the traditional route. Um so I think it adds a lot to uh, the PhD program to have people from a different kind of background or a different kind of experience, or they have a bit of experience of a work situation or of caring responsibilities, and it just brings a different dimension to to the PhD or to academic research in general. I, which is why I really enjoyed the masters. It was the M law, so it's a conversion masters. People were coming who with work experience, wanting to retrain, wanting to get engaged with the law. I remember there was one woman who'd done a fine arts degree, and I just thought, well, that's fantastic. I wouldn't have expected someone with a fine arts degree in my law class, but it definitely broadened our perspectives and stuff like that in discussions. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's really important, and it adds a lot. I think if you've been out of academia. Um, you, at least in my case, particularly with having lots of kids, it means I'm pretty good at time management. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, the PhD can't take over my life, which yeah. is sometimes what people talk about. They talk about being isolated during a PhD. They talk about it kind of taking over their life. They can't switch off. I very much have to have times when I'm researching and times when I'm when I'm not, when I'm doing other things, which is a good balance. And it forces me to have that balance. Mm -hmm. So I can't just go home and work on this like well into the night. You know, I have to do the school run as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Megan. Thanks for coming and talking to us and good luck with the next couple of years. Great. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to LawPod. You've been listening to an informed take on current events brought to you by the law students and staff at Queen's University Belfast. This episode was produced by Richard Somerville. Our theme music is by Colonel Chocolate and the Justice Triangle. LawPod is funded by the Queen's University Law School. Please follow us on Twitter at QUB LawPod and you can learn more about us at lawpod.org. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Rachel Colleen and this was LawPod.